Welcome to today's online message from Long Eaton Oasis Christian Centre. We are a church at the heart of the community, with a heart for the community. And we're so glad that you've joined us. We hope that you'll be inspired and encouraged today. Please don't hesitate to contact us. If you want to find out more, you can visit our website, www.longeatonoasis.co.uk, or you can direct message us. Going to take a few moments. Should we pray together? And uh, with after that, that introduction, yeah, let's pray together. And uh, I want to share just for a few moments this morning. And uh, yeah, Father God, we do. We we open our hearts, our minds. We we thank you we, that we have the freedom to meet like this. There's so many parts of the world. We've been reminded recently when Mehdi shared that in Iran, Christians have to whisper and meet in small groups in hiding, and yet we can shout from the rooftops fill our lungs, and we can meet in freedom. We are so thankful, Father. We pray that we will make the most and the best of this opportunity that you have given us in our nation to be free. You said, Jesus, he whom the sun sets free is free indeed. Thank you for that. We pray that that release and freedom from sin and death and hell will so fill us with a vision of joy and hope Afresh and anew today, we ask for your glory, and in your name we pray. Amen. So we're, I want to take, we're going to look at Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2, and I'm reading from the New King James, hence I've put it on the screen for you, you might have a different translation. But uh, I just want to take it, what we're going to share, we're going to look at the idea of following Jesus, and uh, that's where we're going to go for the next few moments. So reading from Hebrews chapter 12, verses um, uh, 1 and 2, to get the context, and verse 2 is what I want to just take a few moments to share. So therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. And this is the verse I want to just spend a few moments on. Looking unto... Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. I think the NIV says fixing our gaze or fixing our eyes. But looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Looking unto Jesus. Look to Jesus. The Paul writing to the Hebrew believers who were undergoing difficulty and trial and being enticed and threatened to give up their Christianity and go back to more Judaism. And uh, there was persecution. Uh, There was all sorts of this sort of thing going on. Paul is encouraging believers, the, the believers who came out of Judaism and scattered around the world, to look to Jesus all the more. The way in which you started, don't give up. Keep looking, looking to him. And so important that that is, and we'll look at that and over the next few moments. On social media, people go to a lot of trouble to get followers. On Twitter, a man called Elon Musk has tens of millions of followers. Um, tens of millions. Um, before he was thrown off Twitter, Donald Trump had 60, 70 million Can you believe this? 60 to 70 million followers. Um, People love to get this idea of being a a social influencer. 
uh, or you know, an Instagram specialist. And, and so this idea of following and being followed and trying to get followers and people following uh, others, it, it's, it's, a huge, it's a huge thing. And uh, Paul encourages those early believers, you know, I, I think even more in our digital age of following I think this, these, this one verse, this one verse is now so pertinent and so important for you and I, perhaps even more so in an age in which we now live that is vying for your attention, vying for your gaze, wanting your heart, wanting your money, uh, you know, this, this idea to follow, to, to go after, to go after a dream, to follow this particular person. Never before, I think, th- this particular verse is so pertinent for you and I today. And I just want to take that up. And that's why I want to take that up over the next few moments. There are three things that I want to share that I believe that come out of this verse, uh, verse, verse 2. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame. Three things. Num- number one is, is this. It's, it's all about a person, and his name is Jesus. You know, we live in an age, and so Paul says, I like the New King James, the way it says, look unto, or looking to, Jesus. The NIV says, fixing your eyes. I, just, I like the way in which the translation uh, 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 comes. And, and uh, th- this particular verse has been impressed upon me in the last few weeks. It, this is why I'm sharing it today. It really has come something that I've grappled and wrestled with over these last few weeks, feeling the Holy Spirit just encouraging me to keep looking to Jesus. You know, 39 years later as a Christian, I feel the Holy Spirit saying to me, keep looking, Adrian, keep following, keep getting hold of, let him get hold of you. And this is what I want to encourage you with today. You know, we live in an age where it's the cult of personality. In some ways, it's it's turning a little bit sour because some of the personalities are letting us down. And so people are becoming cynical with personality. But, it, but, but generally, in the, in, the, in the sort of 20th, 21st century, there, it has been, it is the cult of personality. If, if you ask somebody, you know, what they want to do, it's either they, they want to become a, a, you know, a, a football star or a pop star or an influencer. They want, they want to be a big personality. They'd love to have millions of followers on social media. You know, and and there, is this, there is this thing about following a certain Figure, uh, they, they look good, they sound good, they, they seem great. And um, th- this, it, this can dangerously, this can dangerously, surreptitiously, there's a word for you, surreptitiously creep into the Christian life also. Personality. You think, oh, no, no I follow Jesus, I'm a Christian. And but in the Christian world, there is the cult of personality also, and uh, you, know, uh, you know, some some people will say, "Well, I I, you know, I follow the teaching of." I'm not going to mention any, because so, so then I'm not against or I'm not for. But some of us follow the teaching of watching on the God Channel, such and such. So, so personalities. It, it, personality is not wrong, by the way. I'm just saying following that personality. Taking that totally to heart and just that's what you follow. Um, for, for, for some of us, for some of us, it's it's a teaching, and for others, it's following a trend. 
And so for some people, so I know some Christians, that might not be the, 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 the preacher, the particular preacher, whether male or female that they, they want to follow, but it, but it might be a teaching. And so for some, for some Christians, they're not following, they are following Jesus, but they're not. They're actually following a hobby horse. Can do, it can happen. For some of us, it'd be a trend. There can be certain spiritual trends. There are spiritual seasons. Can we say there are? There are seasons of God where certain things, the Holy Spirit moves a particular way, where a certain teaching and doctrine comes to the fore because the Holy Spirit wants to bring this to our attention. Absolutely. So there are seasons. But sometimes we can take that season and turn it into a trend. And this is dangerous. Where a certain doctrine that's come to the fore, we then run with that and keep running with that, and that becomes our hobby horse. It can even happen with the Holy Spirit. And so, the, so, so whether it's personality, uh, teachings, trends, but Paul says, come back to it in verse 2, looking unto Jesus. It's very simple. It's very straightforward. We want to make it more. It's got to be more than that. It's got, to, it's got to be more than that. Paul says, looking unto Jesus. Do you know, if Jesus is alive, then we need to cultivate relationship with him. You know, over the Easter period, we'll be, we'll be having resurrection, celebration, hallelujah, Jesus is alive, but he's alive every day, every second of the day, not just as, on, as we all know, not just on Easter Sunday and over the Easter period where we do have a fresh focus, and that's good to have a fresh focus. But if Jesus is alive, and he is, he, he, was, he, he died, he, he died on the cross for our sin, he was buried, arose again. And is coming again. If Jesus and is alive forevermore, if he is alive, then you and I have to cultivate relationship. We don't have a relationship with the doctrine. The doctrine points to a relationship with Jesus. It's amazing. It's astounding. We don't just follow a, a doctrine, an idea, but we follow the risen living Jesus, the Son of God. How amazing. That's amazing. That's what's so amazing about the Christian uh, uh, faith. We followed Christ, Jesus. And so therefore, then you and I, if that being the case, and, and we come to give our lives to Jesus, then we have got to cultivate a relationship with the living, risen Jesus. Uh, so uh, one of the things that really became impacted on me again afresh uh, and, and I said, and I've said it, it, it one, one or two Sundays uh, this morning as we sing, let's just, we're singing to Jesus. And uh, it, it was something that really impacted me more, more recently, even that when, that as, I, as, I, as I began to sing, I, I wasn't just singing a song and singing a great song and singing for myself because it made me feel good, although it might make you feel good, so there's nothing wrong in that, by the way, but I'm worshiping Jesus and singing to Jesus. And, I, and I, I, I felt that something afresh that... And now you might say, well, I know that, Adrian. Didn't you know that after 39 years as a Christian? But it's afresh. Yeah. And it's, it's helped change my heart. It's, it's because he's alive. The danger is we get lulled into just a doctrine. Uh, and I'm all for doctrine. And my, I was converted in, the, in an evangelical... Um, a, a dimension of Christianity called the Brethren Assemblies. So I'm, I'm, all, I'm all for the Bible, all for the doctrine, but it points to the living Jesus. 
How amazing is that? But so, so the thing is, we can, have, we can have a relationship with the song. Oh, I like this one. We do, don't we? And, and it's not wrong to like this one, by the way. It's not, that's not wrong. That's, that's good to like the songs, by the way. But if it's the song, or, or I like what they're teaching on at the moment, but it's with Jesus. And the thing is, uh, do you have a relationship? Do you want a relationship? Do you have a relationship with Jesus? And are you cultivating the relationship with Jesus? And this is what Paul says, looking unto Jesus. How amazing is that? Um, uh, I read a, a book years ago. I've spoke about this a lot in our church. It's called Practicing the Presence of God. And it's the letters of a Carmelite monk writing to a friend. His name is called Brother Andrew. And this is a classic piece of uh, Christian literature, Practicing the Presence of God. I think it's one of these things that you can read for free now. It's on open one of these open license things, so you don't even have to purchase the book. How about that? It's quite incredible. But I would say purchase the book if you can. And what's good about it is it's the letters of this man who was in a Carmelite monastery. He was a novice monk, and he had a relationship with Jesus, a true living relationship with Jesus Christ, a real believer. And he said I, he found the presence of Jesus when he cleaned the pots in the sink and when he um, tended the bees, when he did his work, basically, he f- knew the presence of Jesus. The presence of Jesus was so sweet. He said he felt more then than when he went into the chapel to do the set prayers and readings that he had to do as part of his monastic faith. Wow, it's a, it was an amazing read, actually, and it, 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 he had a deep, alive, living, and real relationship with the living Jesus Christ. And one of the things that I've shared in our churches is the art of conversational prayer, uh, and I mean reverently, but, but speaking with Jesus, not just asking things from Jesus and beseeching him, which is right, the right and proper moments to do that, but it's having a... And so for me, when I'm out walking... I will have a conversational, reverent, but conversational prayer, thanking him, saying, I love you, Jesus. Thank you for today. You've been so good in my life. You've looked after me. It's so good that I know you. And, 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 and hearing and feeling the presence of God. That's what I mean by a conversational style of prayer. And that's something that you have to learn because we don't always do that. We'll say, dear Lord Jesus, you know, thank you for today. And thank you for the Holy Spirit. You know, I need you in my life. And, there, and that, that's all well, that's right and true and good. But there is something about opening up the heart and hearing and listening and conversing. And it builds up the relationship. And this is what Brother Lawrence did while he was washing pots. It's incredible, isn't it? And he said the presence of the... And, and the man interviewing him who, who, and who, who got, uh, spoke with him and then he sent these letters to um, said that he shone. He knew and Jesus knew him. It, it was... Spectacular and dramatic. So you and I looking unto Jesus. Now this is interesting because, you see, when we have a relationship with Jesus, it brings the second aspect of what I would say is, is this, it's um, perspective. And it's so important that you and I have a relationship with Jesus Christ. You believe in him, you trust in him, you give your life to him, but then you walk with him. 
What, what, there was, there, there's the old hymn. He walks with me and talks with me along life's narrow way. He lives, he lives. Do you remember, do you remember that hymn? Sally, Sally Sanders is going, yep. <laughs> it's one of those ones we like, isn't it? I remember in, in the assembly that I, I'm going to tell you a little story now. I'll digress. <laughs> Only for t- a few seconds. So the story is this. I used to be uh, in a brethren assembly. I swear I got converted. And uh, before I got filled with the Holy Spirit. Anyway, this, uh, the ladies wore hats. It was to do with the head covering. And in this one assembly, the, the, it was, um, this one lady had like a... And I, I'm, you know, I'm, it was like a bowl of fruit on her head. It's a very ornate hat. And I've, I remember this hymn, you see, He Lives. Beautiful. We used to sing this in the assembly. And this is why I mention this. But the thing was, and she had a very shrill, very shrill, uh, it was an assembly of about 70 people, and we would sit around the circle together. And uh, I'm not making fun of her. This is just a funny story, so I'm not trying to... So my best days of my early Christian life were in this assembly, by the way. I was founded and grounded, which set me up for the rest of my Christian life. So I am thankful that I was converted in a brethren assembly, by the way. So I want to need to say that, because you think he's just taking the mickey out of them, but I'm not. Anyway, this one lady was shrill, very shrill. But she was, he lives, he lives, he walks with me. You know. But that wasn't the point. She was so shrill. Her bowl of fruit hat would shake <laughs> and reverberate. And I'd be sitting behind her. But it's the song that's beautiful. Oh, yes. Oh, mustn't make it too frivolous or I'll get in trouble. I don't tell jokes. I can only tell the odd real funny story, but not, I can't. Andrew does jokes. Andrew does jokes. He's good at stuff like that. Uh, I can just tell real funny stories. But this is a true. St- it was a true story. I've, Im- I've not embellished it. Honestly, it's true. But what, what what it was? He lives. He lives. He walks with me and talks with me along life's narrow way. That's the amazing thing. He's alive. And I sung that years ago before I got filled with the Holy Spirit. And I realised now what a brilliant song of truth, a hymn of truth that is. Do you know Jesus? Second thing, moving on swiftly, brings perspective. See, when we do know Jesus, it brings a perspective to our hearts, an outlook on life. You'll see things as they truly, really are. It says there, look at this. It says, Jesus, you know, considered the cross and the joy that was set before him. Uh, he, he said he, he, he considered the cross, he could see the joy that was set before him, and endured it and despised the shame. How about that? Now that's amazing. Just look at that for a minute. He, said, he looked and considered the cross. He looked to the cross, considered the cross. He then said, it says in the, in the text that we've just read, he looked at the joy that was set before him, if you read it in the New King James, and endured and despised the shame. And, and this is the thing. The, the cross was one of the most evil, awful ways of crucifixion, was one of the most profoundly evil and terrifying ways of killing someone, perfected probably by maybe the Persians, and then the Romans made it even better because they were good at making things better than anybody else. And they used the cross to, to inflict the maximum pain with eventual death. 
It was a horrible thing. It was horrifying. I, I, can't, I, can't, I can't imagine and, and even describe it. I, but it says that Jesus, when he considered that horrifying, the most evil way of destruction and pain, it says he saw the joy that was set before him. If you read the New King James, that's amazing. The shame. You see, uh, he, could, he, he being the son of God, the son of God, can see, see, see the love of his father in complete perfection and could see the outcome of what was going on in complete perfection. And he could see you and me. How about that? There's the joy. The joy, you are his joy. You and me, anyone that believes and trusts in the Lord Jesus Christ, he could see salvation. He could see the power of what he was doing, the salvation of your soul, my soul, even before the very world began. This is the joy. This is the perspective of God. That's the perspective of God. And so he sees you, and you are his joy. That's the, the joy of the set before him. How incredible is that perspective that God has on the universe? Sin and salvation. And now, now for you and me, for you and me, so it means this. What is my mountain is God's molehill. And I don't say that lightly. If you're going through a, a challenging time, and to you, you're facing a mountain. And I, I, please, I do not say this lightly about your circumstance, because I know some circumstances in our church, and I don't know all your circumstance. But it's this. Whatever you go through that looms like a mountain, going God's perfection, his perspective, to God it's a molehill. Now, you know, that's very challenging for you and I. But in the perspective of God, and um, Paul says in 1 Corinthians 13, now it's interesting, um, you know, so, so my mountain is, is a molehill in God's perspective. He can do all things. And uh, he can redeem my, he redeems your life and my life from the pit of hell. I could never have done that. You know, no matter how good you are, you can't, couldn't change your life and can't change your life. But God can. That's his, my mountain is God's molehill. But secondly, I would say this. Um, we don't possess the full picture on life. We do not possess the full picture. We need God's perspective. You know, in, in, in 1 Corinthians 13, verses 9 and 12, it says, Paul says, for we do, we know in part and we prophesy in part. Pentecostal charismatic churches, we prophesy in part. How beautiful is the gift of prophecy? The, the gift of the Spirit, beautiful and wonderful, the building up of the body. They are for the body, but they're in part. How great is it going to be when we see Jesus face to face? It's going to be fully amazing. But it's t- the taste of him, him here and now is good. It's so good. But in part, so, so Paul says, you see, you prophesy in part. And then he goes on to say in verse 12, we see now through a glass dimly, but then face to face. We see it through a glass dimly in this world. So in other words, it's this, to try and, to try and say this. Paul is saying in 1 Corinthians 13 about how love is perfect. And in this world, we, we only see in part. We haven't got the full picture, in other words. You and I do not have the full picture on life. It's partial. I don't know what you're going through right now. I don't know what you're facing. I don't know what you're seeing ahead of you. I'm not sure maybe where you've come from. But God does see all of that. And God cares and truly loves you. 
For God so loved the world, John 3.16, that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. God loves you, loves all, all of his creation and calls our hearts. But he sees the bigger picture for you and I and in our lives. So when we have a relationship with him, Jesus, looking unto Jesus, he imparts perspective. He helps you see what you're going through, where you're going to, where I've come from. How amazing. It's really incredible. This is why we need a revelation. Not just a book of revelation, but for God to reveal to us your will. This is why Jesus said, not my will, Father, but your will be done in Gethsemane. He, the Father could see the full picture. Please take comfort as you trust him. God will help you see. You'll be able to see. You'll have a perspective. It might not happen immediately. It may not. I mean, I'm not saying this is necessarily a quick fix, but God will show you. You'll begin to see. You'll come through. You'll come through the other side. I always say, Lord, help me see. Help me trust. I'm giving my life to you. I'm, and, and it might mean that I might not know fully everything, but I, he'll, he helps me through. He takes me through. He gives me perspective. Now, the thing is this. So this is why we need God's revelation. Perspective is so important. A lot of psychologists will even say today, your outlook on life, perspective, the way you look at life, the way you look at your circumstance, might not make it go away, but helps you. So psychologists even acknowledge this today. So perspective is so incredibly important. So then Jesus looked and endured the shame and the terror of the cross with the joy that was you and me. Salvation. How incredible. Perspective. Perspective gives you strength. So what Paul is saying, when you see Jesus, he gives you perspective. And he says to the church, endure. Come on, follow him. And now, so perspective is so important. And finally, and with this we'll close and we're going to take communion. It leads us into a place of peace. You see, perspective is important. It can lead us into a place of peace. It leads us into a place of God's presence. The peace comes from the presence of Jesus himself. Remember, he's the living. If there's any personality, if there's any person that I would encourage you to follow, and, and follow Jesus. Follow the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, it says, Who for the joy that was set before him. For Jesus, there was a place of peace in the midst of terror and terrifying pain and the sins of the whole universe. The pain of the cross is one thing, and it was evil and awful, but the sin of the universe, wow. I, I, I don't even imagine what that felt like, what that was like for Jesus. But it says he saw the joy, you and I, the whole of salvation for the universe, all of creation for you and for me. And there, there can come a peace. Now that peace, Jesus said, you know, take courage. You'll have trouble in this world. But, you know, trust me, I've overcome this world. That's what Jesus said. Jesus said to the disciples, my peace I give you. 
uh, when, when they were frightened about him going, as he, before he was telling them that he wouldn't be with them forever, he, would, he was going to go to the cross. And Jesus said, my peace I give you. He tangibly imparts and gives you the supernatural. And the peace of God that's here being described in the, in the, Hebrew, the, the Old Testament, the shalom, is the totality of God. That's what it means. Not just few. I've got a breather, a little bit of peace and quiet. It means, the peace there means totality of God. The peace, protection, presence, provision of God. And when we find Jesus, he gives us his, he reveals to us his love. We know his presence. There comes a sense that this might not have gone from me, but I'm going to be okay. I'm in your hands, God. And in my own life, there's been a few tight jams. There's been some horrible circumstances, and I'm sure there'll be others along the way of just life. But I felt moments in my life when no matter what I'm going through, God, you're with me. God, I'm in this with you. And God, no matter what I face, I'm in a storm, but I'm in your hands too. That comes the place and the peace and the presence of God. And so well, no wonder Paul says, look unto Jesus. Anyone we're going to follow today, let's follow him. Shall we pray together? God bless you. I'm going to hand back to Andrew and then we're going to take communion together But so we can respond as we seek to give our hearts and lives afresh to Jesus, building our relationship with him, conversing day by day. Heavenly Father, Father God, I just thank you, Lord Jesus, that you considered the cross. You didn't shrink back. You embraced all the, the terror that it brought and pain and saw the joy that was me, my life, Father God, our lives, the salvation of the universe set before him. Thank you, thank you, thank you. We give you our hearts, we give you our lives. We pray, Father, I believe, help me in my unbelief. Father God, you know my circumstance. I give you my circumstance today. My pain, my fear, my worry, my life. I submit my life into your hands, Jesus, I pray. Take my life in your prey. Amen.